Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hey there, welcome to the show. It's the middle of May. It's the 15th to be exact, 2019, on a beautiful spring day in Pittsburgh, PA. Um, <laughs> speaking of that, I have my you know, computer up and I just, some sign, some sign, um, an ad just popped up uh, for Kennywood. Uh, for those of you who aren't Pittsburghers, Kennywood is uh, one of the oldest, I think it's one of the oldest amusement parks in the country. Um, it's very old and it's a wonderful, wonderful park. Um, not my idea of a good time, but I mean, it's, it's wondrous. <laughs> just not me. Anyway, I happened to see on social media uh, today that there was a big to-do when Kennywood opened uh, this year, which must have been very recently, and people went over to one of, I guess, the favorite food places there called the Potato Patch. And please don't tell me, but I guess this is a place that gives you French fries smothered in a cheese sauce. Yeah, that's what I got from the. Anyway, all hell broke loose. Immediately, people, upon their first bite, could tell someone messed with the cheese sauce recipe. It was not the potato patch cheese sauce that people had been ingesting against their doctor's orders for decades. And so all hell apparently broke loose. Even a local television station, I guess, did a investigative report what happened to the potato patch cheese sauce. And the folks at Kennywood, like, backtracked so fast, everyone's head was left spinning. They acknowledged that, in fact, all those very well-trained Pittsburgh pallets had been correct, they had messed with the potato patch cheese sauce. And so Kennywood has quickly capitulated to this outrage here in Pittsburgh and has returned to the original recipe that's probably been around for 5,000 years. I don't know. Um, and my advice to all of you is don't eat it. <laughs> I can't what is it with French fries in this town? God. Anyway, and I love fries. But there's no need to put cheese on them anyway. Anyway, never mind. Um, I just thought that was funny. And I thought there was something wonderful about it when so much is going wrong in the world <laughs> and we're freaking out left and right about, did you hear what happened here? Did you see what they did? Did you blah, 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 blah? And... This is something that caused people to go kaplooey, apparently, here, a television station sending investigative reporters out. And the great news is almost immediate resolution of this outrage. So I just wanted to tell you that. I would have forgotten it, but the Kennywood thing popped up. Uh... And speaking of um, the stuff that we spend time arguing about or worrying about on a program such as this, um, I do have another thing I want to share with you. Unfortunately, we can't share the video, but and odds are a lot of you have seen this because when I saw it on Twitter, it had already been shared something like 200,000 times. <laughs> it's, I believe they call that viral, going viral. It uh, is about a 30-second uh, video of someone most of us know, although he was after my time. My time, it was Captain Kangaroo. That's all I had. Uh, I, I was even before Mr. Rogers. But this guy was a staple of a lot of kids' um, television uh, viewing, I don't know when, the 80s, 90s, who knows. 
Bill Nye the Science Guy. And uh, this was a nerdy-looking uh, science teacher who uh, did science stuff, I guess, and, and told the kids what he was doing. And he was wonderfully entertaining and educational. And um, Bill Nye, the science guy, has decided that it was important for him to put out another little lesson. Uh, this one, just 30 seconds, and... Um, this is all the rage, almost as much of a rage uh, globally as uh, the potato patch uh, cheese sauce was here in, in Pittsburgh. And um, because you can't see it, I have to set it up a little bit. He's standing behind his uh, lab table, and he has a globe of the world here, and over here he has a fire extinguisher and I don't know what else, a bucket of water and um, other stuff. By the way, we'll put this up on Facebook, so if you want to see the video, there it'll be. And he starts the way, I guess he started almost all his, his experiments. Uh, he, he says, safety glasses on. And he, he puts his safety glasses on and then he lights the globe <laughs> on fire. And so all of a sudden, this beautiful globe is like there's flames shooting out of it all over the place. And that's the visual with, again, the fire extinguisher to his left, the now burning globe to his right. Here is the latest thing that Bill Nye, the science guy, has put out there hoping to educate all of us. Safety glasses on. By the end of this century, if emissions keep rising, the average temperature on Earth could go up another four to eight degrees. What I'm saying is the planet's on fucking fire. <laughs> there are a lot of things we could do to put it out. Are any of them free? No, of course not. Nothing's free, you idiots. Grow the fuck up. You're not children anymore. I didn't mind explaining photosynthesis to you when you were 12. But you're adults now, and this is an actual crisis. Got it? Safety glasses off, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> I have to tell you, <laughs> for people who grew up with Bill Nye the Science Guy, that is hysterical. And so people who get on me for use of the F word understand if at this time in history you're not using the F word you're not paying attention. Even Bill Nye, the science guy, is <laughs> fuck. So, there you go. Um, it, it just wanted to share that with you. And, and what made me think of that was another little piece of alarming news about our fiery globe that popped up uh, yesterday. Uh, not sure where Washington Post saw this. Apparently, over the last weekend, <laughs> uh, two, two little towns in uh, the uppermost regions of Russia, uh, the northwestern regions, that essentially are on the, uh, the entrance to the Arctic Ocean saw the most extraordinary temperatures <laughs> ever. Understand, this is Siberia in early May. It's a hop, skip, and a jump from the Arctic. And the temperature was, in one place, 87 degrees. So, Bill Nye, showing us a globe on fire, was, to say the least, apt. In the other location, it was 84 degrees. Understand that this is like 30, 40 degrees hotter than uh, normal temperatures. Uh, and in also, uh, not only were the temperatures 30 to 40 degrees uh, above average, 
it, this was true in, in Finland and all along that, that upper tier. Um, and all of this a direct result of the, of the climate change happening and the changes in jet stream uh, because of increased carbon dioxide in our atmosphere. Carbon dioxide, for those still not paying attention, is uh, the, the leading cause of these kinds of weather anomalies we're all noting now. Um, and the carbon dioxide measurements have been going On Saturday, the carbon dioxide measurement, we're going to leave Siberia for a second and go to the more lovely uh, climb of Hawaii. And while they were having almost 90 degree temperatures uh, in northern Siberia, Hawaii was seeing the highest measurement of carbon dioxide levels. And here's what they figure in at least 800,000 years <laughs> and possibly over 3 million years. In other words, I, never, never, never. Carbon dioxide levels have risen like that since the Industrial Revolution when Humanity made this great leap forward and started spewing in their great leap all of this crap into the air. So carbon dioxide, that's a greenhouse gas. It's called that because like a greenhouse, it traps heat. It traps heat. It puts like a, a ceiling over us. And heat that used to escape does not. So 18 of the 19 warmest years on record for the Earth have happened since the year 2018. <laughs> and since it's 2019, that means, ah, uh, duh. Something is happening here, and what it is, is perfectly clear to change a song that's in my head, right? So, do I have a caller? Oh, I do. Um, hang on. Caller, I'll be right with you. I just want to get to. <laughs> Roger wants us to put the word out that the change in the cheese recipe at Potato Patch was done by executive order of Donald Trump, hoping that that may be enough for all the Potato Patch eating Trump voters at Kennywood to uh, maybe finally. Uh, see the error of their ways. Grasping at straws. Roger. Uh, okay. Uh, caller, go ahead, please. Uh, good morning. Good morning. The Bill Nye skit. Yeah. That was on last week tonight. Oh, it was on. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, there's actually two more that he does. Oh. That was the last one, but and he cussed them off, off, all three of them. <laughs> so that's on but I've heard him John Oliver's that, show for the, those of you who don't know, an HBO show on Sunday nights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does all he does a whole thing on a Green New Deal, and um, then you know, interspersed with uh, Bill Nye. <laughs> but um, yeah, I've, I've heard Bill Nye curse before. I you know have he, never. Uh, I mean, I. <laughs> yeah, because you know, I used to watch the show with a friend of mine's son all the time when he was a little boy. Uh -huh. But um, yeah, I always called him the Mister Rogers of Science. 
because he was like a nice guy. Right, exactly. <laughs> but then I've heard him um, in debates, you know what I mean, in, in interviews, and he's not, you know, he's not, uh, he's not like Mr. Rogers was a nice guy in real life, and Bill Nye is a guy in real life. <laughs> <laughs> so with Mr. Rogers, it was you, you, what you saw was what you got. He was no different yeah. um, in person. <laughs> Bill Nye, however, must say motherfucker a lot. When he's not wearing his white lab coat. Yeah, exactly. He, yeah, especially when it comes to like um, uh, climate change, he gets oh. really upset. And yeah, when he's arguing with people, he'll call you an idiot and all that kind of stuff in a second. <laughs> oh, I had never seen that. It's just wonderful. It's funnier. It's, um, for, it's funnier for me because I didn't know that. So. Uh, yeah, it is if you saw I, Mr. Rogers, you know, saying, listen, you MFers. <laughs> I don't know, Mr. At, at this point, you know, when you just talk, I didn't know that thing about Siberia. Holy smokes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Isn't yeah. that it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I'm out, it, it's prom time, so I'm out doing caricatures and, you know, drawing kids and talking to them. So what are you going to do? What are you going to be? And they all have these hopes and dreams. And I'm sitting there like, I sure hope <laughs> that you can do. And, I'm, and I'm, I'm serious about it. I'm like, I sure hope, you know. But I do tell them, I said, you know, if you want change in this world, you're going to have to do it. Because my generation doesn't give a crap about nothing but crap. <laughs> they got to have their stuff. And they're not ready to sacrifice for you or anybody else not to have their stuff. <laughs> How do those uh, soon-to-be uh, graduates uh, respond to they, that? They, they, uh, the ones that I, I used to talk to ones I think that are pretty cool. You can tell oh. by the way they're dressed, and they, and, they, and they always they always say, uh, "You're like the first old guy that ever said anything like that." That admits it. That's like, yeah, I said, you know, there's a few of us out there and stuff, but you know, there's not enough. <laughs> yeah. I said, if you, I said, if you want change. You guys have to do it, you know. And I always bring up the the kids from down there in Florida who, you know, were going out, um, you know, about guns and all that kind right. of good stuff. Right, right, because they've yeah. been amazing, amazing. <laughs> yeah, uh, and that <laughs> and is another yeah. good news story with the NRA continuing to be back on its heels. Uh, never exactly. would have thought. Never would have thought. And I credit those Parkland kids uh, yeah. greatly. And there are those kids in uh, Great Britain who are protesting, you know, climate change mm -hmm. and all that kind of good mm -hmm. stuff. And, you know, and I said, yeah, if that, if that's, if that grows, you know, <laughs> and, they, and they go to the ballot boxes and things like that, you know, we might see some, some kind of change. But yeah. it's like Bill Nye said, is it going to be free? No, it's going to cost. <laughs> it's going to cost you know, I actually rem yeah. I actually remember back in the 90s talking to you about climate change. <laughs> and I said, we're doomed. <laughs> and you said, and you said, well, how can you live your life like that? And I said, I could be wrong. <laughs> but it was in the nineties. I said, we're doomed. <laughs> Cause even back then I could see nobody was willing. We were no. talking about something, but it had, it had to do, it had to do with water, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. And no, we're never the humanity. People are yeah. never interested until something is at such a crisis level. And yeah. in some th crises, that's too late. Mm -hmm. And global warming you, is one you, of those things. Could you imagine if, um, but and it's almost like that. It's almost like the, the climate or brown people at the border. People are starting to panic about it because they're, they're seeing it. Yeah. You know, they, they're experiencing it. The floods, the, the droughts, the, the uh, fires. Yeah, like, but are they oh, willing to do anything about it? They'll want to build. They'll they'll fall for something like, well, if we just build a dome over us or build a wall, we'll be okay. I mean, I they're still unserious. They might be getting nervous and fearful and wondering what's happening. But are they willing to have their lives impacted in the way they'd have to be to really start reversing this? I don't my, my answer to that question is no. Right. That's my, you know what? <laughs> well, Mine too. One, more, one more, like, quick prom story. I, I go to this prom, me and my friend, we get there early. So the kids aren't there yet. This is the after prom. And uh, nobody's there but the parents. 
And I, I, I was just in the car telling, I'm telling my friend, I said, you know, I'm turning into like a grumpy old man. You know, he goes, yes, yes, you are. <laughs> you know, I said, I'm trying to, I'm trying not to, um, trying not to be that way. And then we get to this place, and these parents are acting like kids. I mean, a couple of them were drunk. They're all, you know, dancing around, and I don't know, just acting silly. I, I saw teenage girls acting and teenage boy acting parents, you know, in their 30s and 40s, maybe even 50s. And I said, this is exactly why I'm a grumpy old man. <laughs> I said, because these people <laughs> get on my nerves. <laughs> well, yeah. They don't, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go back to that, my favorite Chris Potter quote. We are a very unserious people living yeah. in very serious times. And that is, what is the it? truth. Yeah, it was that the other saying, denial isn't just a river in Egypt. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. No, I, I completely uh, I agree with you. I'm The only thing that will save us grumpy old farts is um, we do still have a sense of humor and, you know, lose that yeah. at your carol. And then occasionally, you know, and, and I run into, you know, kids. You know, uh, my friend's daughter just graduated from Pitt with a degree in – nuclear astrophysics and i went to her graduation but they had a little thing before the graduation and her sister another physicist and her boyfriend another physicist were at this thing and i'm talking to these three and and, and the son the artist and i'm like oh there is hope if there's more of these kids <laughs> yeah. there's hope for their future you know and, you know but it, then you run into the other ones you know well i'm like i said it's not the kids it's really it really is the parents you know, I guess it's the, um, it's more, it's like the, uh, the baby boomers and, and Gen X, <laughs> you know, the ones right after the boomers. It's just, for God's sakes, grow up. I know, they can't. <laughs> you know, you stop and think of all the holid, the children's holidays that uh, boomers uh, absconded with, you know. Oh, yeah. You know, that's part of oh, it. That, that's part of it, too. The refusal. To, if I don't, if I. Well, go ahead. If, if there's, if. Because every Halloween I say it. I say, I remember when I was a kid in Halloween, we just went out and got candy. Yeah. There was no adults dressing up in costumes and all this nonsense. <laughs> so you just stood there and said, some kids said trick-or-treat, and you dropped a piece of candy in their bag. That's what the adults do. <laughs> you know, so let it go. You know, it's over. You're, you're no longer a kid. You don't need <laughs> It's over. <laughs> you know, be, be, the, be the adult. You know, and it's, let it's, the kids, let the kids, kids be kids. Stop intruding yeah. <laughs> on their territory. It, it, in, on the one hand, uh, they, we intrude on their territory, taking away their fun, their games, and acquiring them ourselves and making them, of course, mm -hmm. things where you have to buy more crap, 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 and crap. <laughs> but we also mm -hmm. uh, take away their childhood by this, you know, hovering and not allowing them any independence and overscheduling them and stressing them out about, you know, you got to learn how to be able to compete. So right off the bat, you have to. Th and I just, I, God help them. But, yeah. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Because I remember back in the 90s, I said, I'm out of this rat race. Somebody said, why? I said, well, you know who's in that race? They go, why? I said, rats. I said, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I I just, I just downsized and again laid back. I said, I'm out. This is nuts. <laughs> I agree People with you. Dressed up. I, yeah. I do. Yeah. Do you want to be a rat? No. Do you want to go into that craziness? No. But that's where the money is. That's where the power is. That's where the status is. And this is something I've been telling. I said, oh, look, I, said, I tell people, I said, look, if you really learn to love yourself, none of that nonsense matters. Exactly. <laughs> hey, no, we are so on the same page here. Exactly. Stop trying to keep up with the rats next door. Stop trying to, I mean, who cares? It's not exactly. important. Damn. I, I, you know, people, what I, what I, you know, uh, because I'm, I'm like a thrift shop, and I'm damn good at it. But, um, you know, I put, I'll put put it up on Facebook that I only paid such and such a thing for such and such a thing. People say, well, if you didn't tell anybody, anybody, nobody would know. And I'm like, I want them to know. 
<laughs> I want them to know that you can still, I don't know, be comfortable, look okay, and all this, and you don't have to, you know, say that I bought this at Macy's or whatever expensive stores there are out there. <laughs> you, know, that's, you don't have to do it. Right. You know, no, so stop living vicariously right. through your stuff, <laughs> you know, or your status. You know, if you truly love to love, learn to love yourself, you won't, you won't need any of this nonsense. Well... Okay. Thank you for the sermon. I appreciated it. Okay. I and then, oh, okay now. Have a good day. You too. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Thank Bye. you. Right. Bye. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> He's saying it. Oh, man. Yeah, Bree uh, reminds us that um, in Pennsylvania, I think this is a, frankly a little odd myself, but... Um, uh, next uh, next week, would that be? Uh, not quite. May 23rd. Um, the governor of Pennsylvania has declared May 23rd, which is, the, the reason he got to May 23rd, it is, it's the 143rd day of the year. And 143, 143 was a number that was very important to Fred, Mr. Rogers, uh, for a few reasons, <laughs> and if you ever saw the documentary, the wondrous documentary. By the way, I just saw that Taylor Swift so loved the Mr. Rogers documentary. She, like, sobbed through the whole, well, I sobbed pretty much through the whole thing, too. Sobbed through the whole thing. When it was finished, sobbing, she called her mother and when her mother heard her sobbing daughter on there, she says, what's wrong? What's wrong? She was that, like, done in by it. Um, he had a hell of an impact. Anyway, the 143rd day of the year, and Mr. Rogers loved that number, 143. If he played the lottery, he would play that. Can you play three numbers in the lottery? I never played the lottery. Okay, 143. <laughs> um, and because one, he would say, is, is I. Four is the number of letters in love. And three, the number of letters in you. So one, four, three was his shorthand for I love you. Also, strangely, 143 <laughs> is what he weighed. And what he weighed like pretty much every day of his life. Um, and he cared about maintaining uh, that slim. Jeez. I mean, I outweighed him the whole time I knew him. Uh, why he always swam every day. Uh, trying to keep that slim figure of his. Anyway, the governor has proclaimed uh, it 143 day in Pennsylvania, and uh, the idea being that we're all supposed to do something really nice for people. One day a year, that's all. <laughs> the, other, the other days, the over 300, you can go on being a jerk, but, you know... Uh, they're calling it a kindness uh, generator. Um, and I, I know that Joanne uh, Rogers, his, his wife, I can't say widow. I just can't because I, I can't still take in that he's been gone so long. Um, Joanne just charmingly uh, explained the 143 stuff on uh, The Tonight Show uh, when the documentary was out. Um, and I, I'm, I'm looking at a, uh, a video of that uh, here. So, um, yeah. Imagine what the world would be if we would all channel Fred every of the year. 
I always hate to bother Joanne. Maybe I'll see if she wants to come by on that, but she'll be too busy on that day. Maybe, uh, you know, she's no spring chicken, and she's all over the place, uh, you know, by virtue of having wed <laughs> this extraordinary man. Uh, speaking of extraordinary men, I want to uh, highly recommend to you um, a documentary that I started watching last night. It's on HBO, and it is about a man that I have just loved most of my life, and he too is gone, but uh, the documentary is called What's My Name? Muhammad Ali. And the f I think it's two parts. The first part, which I watched last night, is as good a uh, way to spend, I don't know what it was, 90 minutes of uh, your time as, as I can imagine. To be reminded of what an extraordinary human being this was how courageous he was, how ahead of his time he was. Um, I mean, he, he was doing all the stuff that we think we invented, uh, you know, 20, 30 years after. Uh, branding. He was 19 years old, and he could see, I, got, I can make myself into this, I mean, he didn't have the word brand, but how he just innately understood and created that character. He actually took a lot of that from wrestling, the wrestling world, specifically Gorgeous George. And he said, hmm... Hmm, I get that. Make myself into this figure that people will pay to come and see. And he said, I don't know if it's true, he didn't care whether they booed him or cheered him. They were coming to see him. And I think we forget how vilified he was. And as I watched it, I realize that I think in many ways uh, his journey from Cassius Clay to Muhammad Ali and then his courageous stand um, against the Vietnam War, which lost him his title, which threatened him with five years jail, um, all of those things. He was in his early 20s. He was brilliant, intuitively brilliant. And as he liked to point out, he was so beautiful. <laughs> I mean, physically, you could just look at him forever. I mean, he was just wondrously gorgeous. And then he was a poet. And, you know, we might make fun of some of the little... No, but that, they aren't. Some of his poetry is powerful as heck. After, the, after his mentor, um, Elijah um, Malcolm X, and Elijah Muhammad was a bit too, uh, Malcolm X was assassinated. He wrote the most extraordinary poem. I am just blown away by, by him. Um, and that poem, like pre, uh, it, it presages uh, uh, hip-hop. I mean, hip-hop didn't exist then, but if you see him reading this poem, it's hip-hop. 
there's a there's a beat there is there are words of that mean something that have import um take the time to watch this and on top of it it is a product of a i'm pretty sure antoine fuqua who is the director of it by the way lebron james is one of the executive producers of it he put the money in to make it um and i antoine fuqua the director is i believe um pittsburgher hill hill district or homewood pretty sure um and it's just remarkable the other thing of course is the muslim stuff and the reason the title is what's my name is after he legally changed his name to Muhammad Ali because he converted to Islam. Uh, newspapers, sports reporters, other boxers refused to call him by his name. They kept calling him Cassius Clay. Cassius Clay is who he is. Cassius Clay. And I forget what... Um, which fight it was where someone refused to call him by his name and it enraged him I mean and who can blame him the disrespect that is my name and he dispatched with that guy very quickly and throughout the fight you can see his mouth moving and what he's saying is what's my name what's my name what's my name now there were times when he didn't know when to shut up and his braggadocio and his uh his youthful braggadocio went too far and turned a lot of people off and I remember it turned me off a bit um, but I think he was part of why I started to see a world beyond my own I was um, when he was just coming in and coming on and people were appalled the Cassius Clay to the Muhammad Ali I took note of him um, a high school kid in Green Bay Wisconsin who didn't know a black person and I found myself listening to him and finding him compelling as heck and then when he and I, as somewhat at the same time, turned our attention to the Vietnam War, he, because he was drafted, I just thought he was heroic. And I do think he is uh, like a colossus um, among men. I do. I will think so till the day I die and please watch this thing HBO what's my name Muhammad Ali and there is this adorable clip with him and Dr. King where he so cracks up Martin Luther King I don't know that I've ever seen Dr. King like that you know he too such an extraordinarily imposing figure um, and he was delighting in Ali's smarts just delighting and you see a young Lou Alcindor uh, with him who was of course to follow his path 
um, to become Karim Abdul-Jabbar, which I'm sure caused him much of the same uh, trouble. And the other thing I forgot looking at this is before, it, when he was in his corner in a ring, <coughs> before the bout started, he had his back turned to the center of the ring, and he's, he's praying. He has his hands, his, his, his gloved hands up, his head down. People are hooting and hollering and booing, and he's praying. And then the bell rings, and he turns around and s s starts the fight. I, I, I haven't seen anything that I have loved that much in a long time. So I just wanted to give it my, my five, six, seven, ten star review. Uh, watch that. Extraordinary. Um, okay. And now on to stuff that is less wondrous. Oh, I also want to note um <coughs> uh Senator Elizabeth Warren's refusal to take Fox News up on its um invitation to give her an hour long uh town hall on their network where she could reach um their viewers. This is uh an offer that has already been accepted by um, some of the Democratic contenders, including uh, Bernie Sanders. And I think, did one other person do it? And I believe Pete Buttigieg is appearing in his Fox, he agreed, um, this Sunday night. Uh, and she made clear that she refused to help them attract an audience. And I think it's, uh, here's what she said, and I, these, this was done in a, what's called a tweet thread. She says that she refused to be part of a hate for profit, that's what she calls Fox News, hate for profit racket. And she goes on to say, hate for profit works only if there's profit. So Fox News balances a mix of bigotry, racism, and outright lies with enough legit journalism to make the claim to advertisers that it's a reputable news outlet. It's all about dragging in the ad money big ad money. And she goes on to say, to host a Democratic town hall, as it is going to be doing with a lot of the candidates, gives the Fox News sales team a way to tell potential sponsors it's safe. So look, these Democrats are up here. It's safe to buy ads on, on Fox. And Warren went on to say, I will not ask millions of Democratic voters to tune into an outlet that profits from racism and hate. Now, you can make of that what you want because um, some people say, well, you'll never reach those people if you don't show up, uh, she thinks you do not collaborate with one of the biggest reasons we are in the predicament we are. You do not collaborate with this hate-spewing, democracy-killing so-called news network. Uh, do not let them exploit you to make them money. And when I read her, her tweets and her reasons, I thought, yes, 
good for you. Good for you. Truly, <laughs> I do believe that. Good for you. Uh, what else I have here? These other things are... Oh, and I, this is somewhat interesting, and I just wanted to throw it your way in case you hadn't seen it that uh, San Francisco has, uh, by an overwhelming vote of their city uh, council, I think they call it a board of supervisors, um, has outlawed uh, facial recognition software uh, by local agencies, by any governmental agency. They've And some are already using it, and they've said, if you want to continue to use it, you got to show us how you're using it and we've got to determine if that makes any sense at all. Uh, the reason being that facial recognition software has already been shown to have some difficulty in identifying dark-skinned people. <coughs> if you're white the odds of the identification being right are pretty high, really very high. Not 100%, nowhere near it, but pretty high. If you're black or brown, that facial recognition software gets all confused because even, because I guess when a bunch of white guy, and also it has trouble with women. So what does that tell you? This is software designed by who? White men. <coughs> They're the ones who program it. And strangely, then, this all-knowing, uh, all-seeing, uh, artificial intelligence, facial recognition stuff takes on the biases of the white men who created it. And so an awful lot of black people and an awful lot of women, and God help you if you're a black woman, a lot of those folks, when this artificial intelligence, facial recognition software looks at them, it gets real dumb real fast and thinks, huh, well, I don't know, they all look alike. So because police departments, the FBI, Homeland Security, all of that are now already using this stuff. And th this is an area where black people are already getting screwed over, right, by police. And this will only add to their being screwed over by police. So until someone comes up with something better, San Francisco has said, uh-uh. We are not going to give uh, police authorities uh, more power to screw up when it comes to black people. Uh-uh. And we're also not going to buy in to this increasing surveillance state that happening in every city in the country. I mean, tons of police departments already routinely use facial recognition software. Um, the Massachusetts uh, State Senate has also, uh, is considering a bill that would uh, uh, put a moratorium on uh, facial recognition uh, software in the entire state of Massachusetts until uh, some kind of regulations are enacted or the recognition software gets a whole lot better. And lest you think that this is just a bunch of lefties going nuts, no, 
people actually in the industry, in the tech industry, including Microsoft, have urged, Microsoft has been part of the, uh, the effort to get government to regulate this technology. They don't want it banned, but they agree it needs to be regulated. This freaked me out, speaking of the FBI. Boy, I am segueing today. It seems like everything just adds to another thing. Um, in the Mueller report, right, we learned that there was a county in Florida uh, the Mueller report uh, said there was this county in, in Florida that um, had, in fact, had its, uh, its voting systems hacked by the Russians <laughs> in, the two, in the 2016 election. And we don't know what, we don't know what county that is. There are 67 counties in Florida, and none of them have owned up to having been hacked. Um, and you, you may recall at the time, it was a hotly contested Senate race in Florida in 2016 uh, with the incumbent Democrat, Senator Nelson, Bill Nelson, uh, trying to keep his seat uh, from the Republican former governor, Rick Scott, who unfortunately won that race. And during the race, Senator Nelson, the Democrat, had uh, said that there had been an intrusion into one of the county's systems and the governor Scott said it was a lie it was unfounded blah 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 anyway turns out of course that Rick Scott now the senator from Florida was the one lying um but the new news is that now the governor of Florida, a guy named Ron DeSantis, another Republican, said yesterday that he has been told by the FBI that it wasn't just one county in Florida that was hacked during the 2016 election. He says the FBI met with him and told him the county that the Mueller report knew about, but also told him of a second county. And then the governor says the FBI told him, we're telling you this, but you cannot share this information. And they made him sign an NDA, a non-disclosure agreement, so that he could not tell the citizens of his own two counties that maybe their votes weren't counted or their voter registration rolls were messed with by the Russians. He And he's complaining about it. So he went public with the fact, I have been told there's two counties in my state. I know who they are, but I can't tell the people. And uh, he ain't happy about that, nor would I be. Um, one of the election officials in Florida says, this is not acceptable to keep secret attacks on the most public of our political processes, our elections, a secret from the people? Just saying. 
We have a caller. Caller, go ahead. Hey, Lynn, it's Mike in D.C. Hi, Mike. And this is the reason why Trump is going to get another four years. Oh, God. It is totally the reason. It was fixed for Hillary, and it's going to be fixed for Buttigieg or Harris or anybody else. It's fixed. And the reason the FBI doesn't want him to let it out is because the FBI doesn't want Russia to know we're on to them so we can fix it. Because all Russia will do is work around whatever patch we have. So when Hillary said on Rachel Maddow, our only hope is for China to also fix it, she ain't lying. Wait, she said what? That China should fix our election too? She said, well, when Bill Barr said that Trump's saying in front of the world that Russia should come in and look for Hillary's emails. Yeah. If that isn't collusion, then the next Democratic nominee could oh. say, hey, China, help us find Trump's taxes. And that's not collusion either. That would be true, then, I guess. But Lindsey Graham would disagree. <laughs> of course, because it's fixed. It is fixed. It's so fixed. I'm not knocking on any more doors. Oh. I'll vote. But I trust no. I, I don't trust it at all. Which is also Russian's playbook, is to get us not to trust our electoral system. Well, the article that I'm reading this from says that they believe that the Russians had hackers in a position to alter registration data, though they didn't think they had the ability to mess with the tabulation of the ballots, that they could just mess with registration stuff, which might have suppressed the vote, right? If they could like wipe out Democratic voters, but you're saying right. you really think they're able? Well, why not? We haven't done anything. I work for the to prevent them. Right. I work for the federal government, or used to. I'm a contractor. Was right. a contractor right. for them. And um, when I'm looking for jobs now, um, the jobs that hire from Amazon and Microsoft pay at least twenty or thirty thousand dollars more than government jobs. The people work in the government. Not contractors, but like gubbies. So the really good people, the people who could really figure this out, figure out how Russia is is fixing those DeBolt machines that everyone was forced to buy because Republican owned the, owned the company. Yeah, they're not going to work for the government. They're not in the FBI. The good ones are outside because the government doesn't pay much. And the good ones are working for the Russian uh, intelligence services, too. Well, there, since their economy is so small, anything the government gives those... Yeah, I mean, um, that would be a great job over there, right, I'm sure. Um, right. Well, yeah, but you can't... Jeez, I don't know. I don't know. You don't know which fire to put out first. You just don't know. Hmm. Particularly because people are saying there's not a fire. There's a show on HBO called Chernobyl. Yes. And for the first few days during Chernobyl, when the thing exploded, it wasn't just a meltdown. It exploded. There were pieces of graphite all over the place. For the first few days, all the people in power kept saying, there's no problem. There's no problem. There's no problem. There's no problem. And a woman miles away, like 100 miles away, Notice that their um, their radiation levels are rising and figured it out. Yeah. So it's the same thing. There's no problem. Russia's not in colluding. Russia hasn't fixed the elections. There's no problem. Okay. So we can't put out a fire if half the people don't agree there's a fire. Well, that's true. Now, are you? I want to ask you because that's something that does look very interesting. Should is that good? Is it well done? Should I watch Chernobyl after I finish Muhammad Ali? Yes, it's very good. Okay. I mean, it's only two two episodes in, but it really, we're talking about Russians like they're, you know, they're Machiavellian. 
but it really paints the Russians to be plain idiots. Yeah, bumblers. Yeah. 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 And I don't know if they've got their act together or they're better at attack than they are at um, sabotage. But in any case, we cannot put out this fire if more than half of the people in the country think there is no fire. Right. All right. Well, you got the last word. I thank you. <laughs> thank you, Bye. Mike. Okay. See you. Bye. Bye. Well, that does it uh, for this hour. Um, wow. Anyway, I'm going out. Their sun's out. The sun is out. That is unbelievable. I'm going to go uh, get some vitamin D, okay? Exposure, okay? You have a good one, and uh, I'll see you tomorrow. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.